Chapter Forty Two, Part One of Struggles and Triumphs, or Forty Years Recollections of P. T. Barnum, written by himself. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Struggles and Triumphs of P. T. Barnum, Chapter Forty Two, Public Lecturing, Part One during the summer of eighteen sixty six mr edwin l brown corresponding secretary of the associated western literary societies opened a correspondence with me relative to delivering in the ensuing season my lecture on success in life before some sixty lyceums young men's christian associations and literary societies belonging to the union which mr brown represented the scheme embraced an extended tour through pennsylvania ohio indiana illinois wisconsin missouri and iowa and i was to receive one hundred dollars for every repetition of my lecture with all my travelling expenses on the route agreeing to these terms i commenced the engagement at the appointed time and averaging five lectures a week i finished the prescribed round just before new year's before beginning this engagement however i gave the lecture for other associations at wheeling virginia cincinnati ohio and louisville kentucky i also delivered the lecture in chicago for professor eastman who at that time had one of his business colleges in that city he engaged the celebrated crosby opera house for the occasion and i think with perhaps two exceptions i never spoke before so large and intelligent an audience as there was there assembled it was estimated that between five to six thousand ladies and gentlemen were gathered in that capacious building and nearly as many more went away unable to obtain admission i was glad to observe by the action of the audience and by the journals of the following day that my efforts on that occasion were satisfactory indeed though it is necessarily egotistical i may truly say that with this lecture i always succeeded in pleasing my hearers i may add that i have invariably as a rule devoted to charitable purposes every penny i ever received for lecturing except while i was under the great jerome clock cloud in england when i needed all i could earn my western tour was delightful indeed it was almost an ovation i found in fact that when i had strayed so far from home the curiosity exhibitor himself became quite a curiosity on several occasions in iowa i was introduced to ladies and gentlemen who had driven thirty miles in carriages to hear me i insisted however that it was more to see than to hear and i asked them if this was not really the case in several instances they answered in the affirmative in fact one quaint old lady said why to tell you the truth mr barnum we have read so much about you and your museum and your queer carryings on that we were not quite sure but you had horns and cloven feet so we came to satisfy our curiosity but la me i don't see but what you look a good deal like other folks after all while at the west i visited my sister mrs minerva drew and her family at bristol wisconsin where they reside on a farm which i presented to her about twenty years ago her children having grown up and married all except her son fairchild b drew who had just attained his majority his father ezekiel drew wished to retain his services on the farm fairchild however felt that the farm was not quite large enough for his aspirations i found also that he coveted a neighboring farm which with its stock was for sale for less than five thousand dollars i bought it for him 
on condition that he should continue the care of the old farm and that the two should be worked together i trust that the arrangement will prove beneficial to all concerned for there is great pleasure in helping others who try to help themselves without such effort on their part all good offices in their favor are thrown away it is simply attempting to make a sieve hold water on my tour in attempting to make the connection from cleveland ohio to fort wayne indiana via toledo i arrived at the latter city at one o'clock p m which was about two hours too late to catch the train in time for the hour announced for my lecture that evening i went to mr andrews the superintendent of the toledo wabash and western railway and told him i wanted to hire a locomotive and car to run to fort wayne as i must be there at eight o'clock at night it is an impossibility said mr andrews the distance is ninety-four miles and no train leaves here till morning the road is much occupied by freight trains and we never run extra trains in this part of the country unless the necessity is imperative i suppose i looked astonished as well as chagrined i knew that if i missed lecturing in fort wayne that evening i could not appoint another time for that purpose for every night was engaged during the next two months i also felt that a large number of persons in fort wayne would be disappointed and i grew desperate drawing my wallet from my pocket i said i will give two hundred dollars and even more if you say so to be put into fort wayne before eight o'clock tonight and really i hope you will accommodate me the superintendent looked me thoroughly over in half a minute and i fancy he had come to the conclusion that i was a burglar a counterfeiter or something worse fleeing from justice my surmise was confirmed when he slowly remarked your business must be very pressing sir it is indeed i replied i am barnum the museum man and am engaged to speak in fort wayne tonight he evidently did not catch the whole of my response for he immediately said oh it is a show eh where is old barnum himself i am barnum i replied and it is a lecture which i am advertised to give tonight and i would not disappoint the people for anything is this p t barnum said the superintendent starting to his feet i am sorry to say it is i replied well mr barnum said he earnestly if you can stand it to ride to fort wayne in the caboose of a freight train your well-established reputation for punctuality in keeping your engagements shall not suffer on account of the toledo wabash and western railroad caboose said i with a laugh i would ride to fort wayne astride of the engine or boxed up and stowed away in a freight car if necessary in order to meet my engagement a freight train was on the point of starting for fort wayne all the cars were at once ordered to be switched off except two which the superintendent said were necessary to balance the train the freight trains on the road were telegraphed to clear the track and the polite superintendent pointing to the caboose invited me to step in i drew out my pocket-book to pay but he smilingly shook his head and said you have a through ticket from cleveland to fort wayne hand it to the freight agent on your arrival and all will be right i was much moved by this unexpected mark of kindness and expressing myself to that effect i stepped into the caboose and we started the excited state of mind which i had suffered while under the impression that the audience in fort wayne must be disappointed now changed and i felt as happy as a king in fact i enjoyed a new sensation of imperial superiority in that i was monarch of all i surveyed 
emperor of my own train switching all other trains from the main track and making conductors all along the line wonder what grand mogul had thus taken complete possession and control of the road indeed as we sped past each train which stood quietly on a side track waiting for us to pass i could not help smiling at the glances of excited curiosity which were thrown into our car by the agent and brakeman of the train which had been so peremptorily ordered to clear the track and always stepping at the caboose door i raised my hat receiving in return an almost reverent salute which the occupants of the waiting train thought due no doubt to the distinguished person for whom they were ordered by special telegram to make way i now began to reflect that the fort wayne lecture committee upon discovering that i did not arrive by the regular passenger train would not expect me at all and that probably they might issue small bills announcing my failure to arrive i therefore prepared the following telegram which i dispatched to them on our arrival at napoleon the first station at which we stopped lecture committee fort wayne rest perfectly tranquil i am to be delivered at fort wayne by contract by half past seven o'clock special train at the same station i received a telegram from mr andrews the superintendent asking me how i liked the caboose i replied the springs of the caboose are softer than down i am as happy as a clam at high water i am being carried towards fort wayne in a style never surpassed by caesar's triumphal march into rome hurrah for the toledo and wabash railroad at the invitation of the engineer i took a ride of twenty miles upon the locomotive it fairly made my head swim i could not reconcile my mind to the idea that there was no danger and intimating to the engineer that it would be a relief to get where i could not see ahead i was permitted to crawl back again to the caboose i reached fort wayne in ample time for the lecture and as the committee had discreetly kept to themselves the fact of my non-arrival by the regular train probably not a dozen persons were aware of the trouble i had taken to fulfil my engagement till in the course of my lecture under the head of perseverance i recounted my day's adventures as an illustration of exercising that quality when real necessity demanded the fort wayne papers of the next day published accounts of barnum on a locomotive and a journey in a caboose and as i always had an eye to advertising these articles were sent marked to newspapers in towns and cities where i was to lecture and of course were copied thus producing the desired effects first of informing the public that the showman was coming and next assuring the lecture committee that barnum would be punctually on hand as advertised unless prevented by circumstances over which he had no control the managers of railroads running west from chicago pretty rigidly enforce a rule excluding from certain reserved cars all gentlemen travelling without ladies as i do not smoke i avoided the smoking cars and as the ladies car was sometimes more select and always more comfortable than the other cars i tried various expedients to smuggle myself in if i saw a lady about to enter the car alone i followed closely hoping thus to elude the vigilance of the brakeman who generally acted as doorkeeper but the car cerberus is pretty well up to all such dodges and i did not always succeed on one occasion seeing a young couple evidently just married and starting on a bridal tour about to enter the car i followed closely but was stopped by the doorkeeper who called out how many gentlemen are with this lady 
i have always noticed that young newly married people are very fond of saying my husband and my wife they are new terms which sound pleasantly to the ears of those who utter them so in answer to the peremptory inquiry of the doorkeeper the bridegroom promptly responded i am this lady's husband and i guess you can see by the resemblance between the lady and myself said i to cerberus that i am her father the astounded husband and the blushing bride were too much taken aback to deny their newly discovered parent but the brakeman said as he permitted the young couple to pass into the car we can't pass all creation with one lady i hope you will not deprive me of the company of my child during the little time we can remain together i said with a demure countenance the brakeman evidently sympathized with the fond parent whose feelings were sufficiently lacerated at losing his daughter through her finding a husband and i was permitted to pass i immediately apologized to the young bride and her husband and told them who i was and my reasons for the assumed paternity and they enjoyed the joke so heartily that they called me father during our entire journey together indeed the husband privately and slyly hinted to me that the first boy should be christened p t my friend the rev dr chapin by the by an inveterate punster is never tired of ringing the changes on the names in my family he says that my wife and i are the most sympathetic couple he ever saw since she is charity and i am pity p t on one occasion at my house in new york he called my attention to the monogram p t b on the door and said i did it did what i asked why that replied the doctor p t b pull the bell of course thus literally ringing a new change on my initials end of chapter forty two part one